everyone to the Outtakes Movie Podcast. I'm Sam and we are still wrapping up our little quest to go through and find a 50, well, 25 best movies of all time, and 25 worst movies of all time, 50 movies that encapsulate that. I'm joined as always by my amazing team, Amelia, how's things? Things are doing great. It's very dark now all of a sudden though. I do feel like we're back to the beginning. Yeah, winter nights. At least we're not actually doing it at like 11 o'clock at night and <laughs> falling asleep in the middle of it. Joe, how's things? Pretty good. Not too bad. Can't complain. Hey. I've got lots of lights. I've got this light. There's about four lights on above me. It's a weird good flex. Old, not, yeah, I know, yeah. All my bulbs. What do you mean? <laughs> Man can afford bulbs. I thought you did something else then. <laughs> bulbs. And uh, Jacob, yeah. how about you? I'm, I'm here and I've, I've only got two lights on. Oh, uh. scrub. Oh, man. Uh, so this week we are covering, I've, I've definitely completely self-indulged, we are covering Transformers the movie from 1986. I'm looking forward to having a good chat about it and for heads up any Transformers fans, I might not be as generous as you think I might be. Uh, but before we talk about the film, uh, let's do our normal little roundup into the world of pop culture from the time, 5th of December 1986, Christmas is in the air, how many Christmas songs are in the charts? None, zero. Ooh. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, there was a lot of stuff here where I recognized a lot of the artists in the charts, but they were songs that have kind of been left to the wayside. The stuff that I've got is from the very, very top of the charts, which are all, I'd say, quality stuff. So number four was Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. Whoa! Absolute classic. <laughs> number two, Take My Breath Away. Um, oh. Top Gun was was out around a okay, similar time. And number one, The Final Countdown by Europe. A very appropriate song for... Uh, it, it was, yeah. Current, current situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, given that this was the 80s, um, basically nothing significant happened this month in the world of video games. I think a baseball game came out. Uh, nice. In the world of cinema, however, uh, this is quite interesting. So I've, given that it was the 80s and given that cinema releases were a little bit handled differently than they are today i.e not quite as uniform globally i've got uh, a little list of films that came out here but probably had different release dates in the u.s and some international ones as well so as far as uk release date films in the cinema you could have seen short circuit oh god yeah oh my god if you've never seen you've never seen short so yeah johnny you've seen johnny five right the robot johnny five is alive no. Okay, right. So you know I feel like you'd recognize it. You would definitely recognize it. You know Lego Mindstorms? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So he looks like that, right? He's this robot. He's this robot that looks exactly like that, like an adult Wally. And he's alive and he's got sentience and a bunch of um I god, I can't really remember the first movie that much, but basically yeah, like a bunch of uh, it's either scientists or terrorists or governments or someone is hunting down Johnny Five because he's so in super intelligent, be really valuable to the like research. But all he wants to do is live in a caravan and be normal. Right? <laughs> it's such a weird. It's film. a weird movie. And then in the second film, they make lots of little Johnny Fives. They try and commercialize Johnny Five and put him like in every like in everyone's home. But they're like dangerous weaponized Johnny Fives, and he gets a mohawk. Look, nice. it's weird. <laughs> all right, <laughs> it happened. You, you probably sure. do recognize the design. Um, what I recommend checking. I enjoyed them as a kid. I don't know. Mm. Um, in I feel like they don't hold up. I, I can I wouldn't be surprised. Go on a limb and say that those robot movies from the eighties don't hold up. 
<laughs> could be talking about any robot movies from the 80s, you know what I mean? Could be talking about any robot movies from the 80s. Exactly. Um, well, maybe it held up a little Terminate. bit better than Howard the Duck. Oh, man. I mean, maybe. Duke. That was the first Marvel film, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> first yeah. Marvel film that was released Marvel. theatrically. At the very least, Short Circuit didn't have duck titties. So... <laughs> Yeah. See, I've still not watched it. it have, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> did it have robot titties instead? I don't think it did have robot titties. I think he was in love with a real girl. Mm. But I don't you know, know that they ever got their titties out. It's really out. strange. What? About that, though. So Howard the Duck obviously appears in Guardians of the Galaxy, doesn't he? Yes. A little cameo. Mm-hmm. You know and what in, also appears uh, in Guardians Infinity of the Galaxy War. franchise? Oh, yeah, he does. But you know what also appears in Guardians of the Galaxy franchise? Go on. Robot titties? In the second one. Oh shit! Bit. Yeah. There you go. Robot titties do appear. James Gunn knows what he's doing. My God. Exactly. It's all a short circuit Howard the Duck mixed universe conspiracy. Exactly. Um, exactly. And Crocodile Dundee came out as well. The oh, first one. Okay. Yeah. Um, nice. Internationally, we also saw the release of Little Shop of Horrors and Platoon. So. Fairly okay. stacked as far That's as the, the cinema goes. Is Platoon the, the Mickey take one? Not the Charlie Sheen one. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> uh, so, Man. like we said, we're not covering any of those movies. We're covering Transformers, the movie. I gave y'all a little bit of homework to watch two episodes of the original show. Did you? How did you find them? I watched one of them. Tried, cool. couldn't find I couldn't it. I don't know how to didn't look hard enough. <laughs> I watched, so I watched both of them. Make, to make sure I watched the right ones, one of them was the sun one, right? Mm-hmm. Where they tried to do the thing with the sun. Yeah. And and that was the one where Cog got got he just he just became like a different <laughs> character, right? So so he's called Gears. The episode was called Jane. Cog. Okay, Gears. It's fine. There yeah. is a transformer called Cog. It's it's okay. They're all got nonsense car names. <laughs> you get them mixed <laughs> up. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah, so, so the episode was called Changing Gears, where the whole prospect was that one of them, a little Autobot called Gears, is grumpy all the time. So he gets like mind altered to have a really happy temperament, but that means he's also really happy to help the Decepticons. And they want to, I think it's like blow up the sun or something. I can't, or get energy yeah. from the oh sun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what was the other one? I've completely forgotten. Uh, the other one was called The Immobilizer, where an Autobot called Wheeljack oh, yeah. invents a okay. machine that can. St- keep them completely stationary and all the Autobots yeah. got fr- free, like frozen so they have to try and figure out a way to undo it. So yeah. given that you've watched it and what I wanted to sum up was like the tone, how would you describe the tone of the 80s show? All right, it was, let's have an adventure for 20 minutes mm-hmm. and that, yeah. that's it. Pretty Just fun filled. In. Yeah, it's Pretty okay. Light. It was yeah. closed. I'd imagine if I was a kid in the 80s, I would have been it would have been a nice like 20, 20 minutes just sit. Even even a kid today, I reckon. Well, yeah, yeah. To be fair, yeah, like pretty, yeah, pretty. It would be fine. It's just quick adventure, cool character designs, cool mm-hmm. characters. Like they all look different. Yeah. It, yeah. There's nothing to toys of the mall. There's nothing to really worry about in the in the universe of the original show. It's always like there's a status quo, we're going to have a fun adventure, and then we're always going to retain to the status quo, even if you get frozen or broken or whatever, it doesn't matter, because at the end of the day, we'll all get together, rebuild each other, and move on. Uh, at the start of the Transformers movie, millions of children die. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's yeah. a very dramatic shift <laughs> from right. one to the all other. Right. This bit at the beginning, watching this bit at the beginning, 
it's so so much happens there's so many different colors it actually gave me a headache yeah that's is it, fair. Is it with the shopping mall like transformer shopping mall yeah there's a little mall yeah. and there's little kids yeah, running around okay. it going laughing having a good time and then unicron a planet that eats other planets shows up and completely obliterates it um <laughs> as you mentioned joe the colors go insane um it is every like stereotype of japanese anime from from the 80s that is likely to give you a seizure um mm -hmm. yeah this 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 period of time was mostly like animation companies especially from japan just trying to constantly outdo each other and be ever more ridiculous so it was how much fucking how much violence can we possibly throw into something how much debris how much like if we if we can't do blood what liquids can we do to just throw everywhere and it's throwing everything at the fan and hoping that some of it uh sticks given that this movie has such a cult following now um and added to the fact that as a film it's not that great. I will go ahead and say that they probably achieved their goal of like throwing so much that like as in the mind of a child watching it, it kind of like, it can't help but stay there. Like I've never seen anything like this before, you know? Uh, so yeah, it's kind of a weird start to that movie. Got a little bit trivia for you. Uh, so um, the planet that's destroyed, it gets briefly mentioned by name, like in one scene much later in the film as Lithome, uh, well, Lithome. Uh, original documents for the plan uh, for the plans for the movie revealed that it was originally called Lithone and uh, was supposed to be a planet of rock creatures, right? Now that would be completely innocuous. However, at the time, there was a couple of competing toy brands going around uh, that were very similar to Transformers. One of them was called the Rock Lords, which were a bunch of little monster toys that transformed into rocks i can't imagine why they didn't turn up like why didn't they just up, you know what i mean um but essentially this movie was going to open with the villain destroying the competitor's home planet <laughs> at the last minute they decided to not do it i kind of wish they did that would have been hilarious so good um so yeah so immediate questions for everyone as people who have not really seen this before ever uh what was your first impression of unicron that's a quite intense like villain to just he's throw got in a cool thing. design though yeah, oh, it's, yeah. Like, it's galactus but he's a planet it is very much just yeah. galactus but he's a planet yes yeah. Yeah. he's even got like the weird horn helmet thing. yeah, yeah. So they're very um, on the nose with it like a question Mm -hmm. So, you know, they released obviously Transformers. Uh, obviously, my knowledge of Transformers is very limited, but mm -hmm. they released that huge thing, didn't they? Yeah, uh, yeah. Is that him? That's him. Yeah, okay. that's him. With um, all of like the like big, like say, spiky things coming so off yeah, him. And, the, like, the biggest Transformer ever. It costs something like £600. It's <laughs> fucking huge. Yeah, it's not actually out, out yet, but you've been able to pre order it now for, for some time. Right. It's kind of insane. I've, I've got a, a slightly smaller one up on the shelf over there. Uh, so, yeah. This movie is set between the second and third seasons of the show. There's a 20-year time skip gap. And in that time, the Decepticons have completely taken over control of Cybertron. And the Autobots have little bases on each of their moons. They're very much doing a Star Wars thing like Empire Rebellion. There's lots of little references to Star Wars throughout this. Uh, sound effects for one. I was oh going to say. God. 
Um, so yeah, uh, as far as sound effects go, there's a lightsaber in it. There's a literal lightsaber in it that uses lightsaber sound effects. There's lightsaber sound effects used for Unicron's eyes later on in the film. Almost every Decepticon has the Millennium Falcon uh, flying sound effect accompanying it. Yeah, they've stolen quite a lot of sounds from Star Wars. I was going to say, did I, they steal oh, yeah. it or did they like, due to know. budget reasons? Do you Maybe there was went, a CD just, just flying around. Library. Yeah. <laughs> it was like recognizable as being a Star Wars noise though. Like, you know, when you, when you go to like Poundland and you see like a laser sword and it's just called that because I don't think that's trademarked or something. And yeah. it makes lightsaber noises, but it's just generic. Like it's not a Star Wars lightsaber it's, it's noise. It's not the light, yeah. Mm. It was the lightsaber sound. Very obviously like a lightsaber noise yeah. in this, I feel. But then again, I fucking wank off Star Wars, so it's really <laughs> I'm, I'm going oh to know what, what, what it sounds like. Uh, so yeah, basically they're like, right, Optimus Prime is all like, right, mate, Ironhide, I need you to go and take a take a ship and go and get some Energon because we need we need Energon. That's Energon, by the way, is the everything in the Star Wars universe. They use it to power themselves. It's food. It's drink. It's the reason for the war. Energon is your catch-all MacGuffin for the entire everything it's that petrol? happens in the franchise. In the Transformers universe. Yes. Okay. Cool. It's basically it's basically a petrol source, yeah. <laughs> uh, but they, they consume it as everything. Um, there's in in the comics they ch- find out ways to change the like uh, I don't know how to how to what the word is, but they change like the specifics of the energy on like the the the, the chemicals to essentially find a way to make alcohol, so they all all the transformers can get drunk. It's good Amazing. Stuff. <laughs> nice. Is that like nice. when you go fill up your car and you've got like there's like super fine petrol and that that's like they're like <laughs> yeah yeah it's getting them pissed um so yeah uh, he's like right go and go and we need to go to earth uh but unbeknownst to them laser beak a little bird transformer is watching them he's a little shit he flies off to megatron and he's one of Samway's little tapes and they find out and basically they go and storm the ship so i kind of um, I kind of love the way they have to listen to tapes is by asking his mate to turn into a beatbox. <laughs> yeah. Put this um, inside thing. you. And he's like, ah, go on, play. Imagine he just wants, wants to listen to like Spotify or something. He just gets his mate over. So he has to, he's just like, I come over, turn, turn into a radio. It's like, oh, but I'm doing like radio now. <laughs> just as he's like chilling. Okay, there's, there's a fair point, right? This is something that passes me by as someone who's way too used to Transformers. But... In the modern day, the conception of Transformers is Transformers are things that transform into vehicles, planes, that sort of stuff. In the original continuity, Transformers could transform into fucking anything. So Soundwave was a boombox and all of his little companions were tapes. Was it at all weird to discover for any of you that the original Megatron became a gun? Yes. I I was so confused. The fact that he was like, oh, I'll stop you. (laughs) Transformed into a gun for Soundwave to shoot. It's like, <laughs> so if you, yeah, how did useless you... unless yeah, someone else someone is there else to shoot you? Use the trigger, yeah. Even so then, weird. like spoilers for the like later on in the movie, he transforms when he becomes Galvatron. He can transform into a gun that he can shoot by himself. Yeah, but still, he can't move. He's just a turret. <laughs> so hilarious. Completely so useless, hilarious. isn't he? He's completely useless. So yeah, um, I'm pretty sure uh, Megatron becomes a Walther P-35, which I'm fairly certain is a Nazi gun. And um, oh the original toy, yeah, <laughs> the original toy of Megatron was so lifelike that it was banned over here. 
um, and cannot be sold to this day, even if you stick an orange cap on it. Like, if you want to so sell weird. a Megatron, you're selling it on eBay or you're selling it at a convention hall. No store, no stores could. If they wanted to reissue it, no stores would be allowed to pick it up. Wow. Oh yeah. So, you, so you can buy it sec- on the secondhand market. Yeah. Though. This is this is why Megatron is a tank or a plane or a big lord or nothing usually in, in in other adaptions because he cannot they physically cannot sell that shit anymore. Uh, so yeah, it is completely strange, and he often jumps into the hands of Starscream, who is the least trustworthy person on the entire planet, and constantly tells him that he wants him dead. But regardless, he keeps. De- I Pulled really don't know why Starscream just doesn't go, <clears throat> you know, in half. Chuck <laughs> 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 him away done happen so the decepticons get on the ship and inside are four main characters who are about to meet their demise brawn ratchet ironhide and prowl who are all main characters who are in most of the episodes of the show were in the episodes that i sent you guys that was another one of the secret reasons i wanted you to watch them because i wanted to find out that essentially this movie has a really high body count and they're all fucking main characters um they're intense as well prowl the way he dies is he gets shot by a constructor con and his inside set on fire and yeah, smoke comes really out of his mouth that, well like he just smoke just comes out and he just dies yeah. so i was like fuck <laughs> <laughs> you see the, the soul and leave his body very oh, intense God. isn't it um wait so this this came out between series so there's yes. another series that followed this mm-hmm. see when all these characters were dying i was like oh maybe this is just like when there's a show and then they have a film to end it but then this just show carried on without all these characters in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's it's ballsy move. That. The body count's going to get higher before it gets smaller. Uh, do you want to take a guess of, as to why this happened, though? The answer is quite cynical. I'll give you a heads up. Release want new, some toys, new yeah. toys to sell. Bingo. God, uh, Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they were coming out with a new toy range and they were discontinuing old toys. Uh, essentially, they just was like, well, if the if the characters aren't around anymore the kids won't care it won't matter that the old toys are gone so kill them off that was it that was the, the, oh the instinct God, so um, what they didn't count on was quite how effective their uh ad style had been this whole idea of like let's get kids attached to characters on screen and then want to buy toys of them it was very very effective it wasn't just monetarily effective and we'll get into the repercussions that had later on. So that invasion essentially begins the Battle of Autobot City. But before we can get there, we're introduced to a brand new character called Hot Rod, who's out fishing. Whoa, look at the size of it. Yep, it's a whopper, all right. They're talking about fish. They're talking about fish. It's okay, don't worry about it. So Hot Rod's there with a little boy called Daniel, who is the son of the human companion from the first two seasons. And uh, the ship's coming into land. Is he Go on. a kid in the series? In the series, yeah. Spike is, yeah, it's, 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 his dad's called Spike and he's probably 15, 16, that sort of age. Daniel's much younger than, than he was, but he's basically just there to replace him as the kid's sidekick for the third season. Uh, so Daniel wants to go and see the, the, the shuttle land. Talk about doll, Daniel. And in his, you know, kind of not wanting to see the ship, he's so, he's so, oh, what a boring activity. He seems to manifest this incredible rock soundtrack. And he dares. I was just going to say oh. the music is like so 80s. It's, it's not what I was expecting at all. Isn't for, it? For a film like this. Ridiculous. 
uh, so yeah, there's there's two standouts. There's a lot of there's a lot of tracks. When the Decepticons are killing the Autobots, there's a rad metal soundtrack to go along with it, just to accompany your favorite toys dying. Uh, it's, <laughs> they want to let you know that it's a badass thing that's happening. And occasionally you get tracks like The Touch and Dare, uh, both of which sung by Stan Bush. Uh, now, if they sound ridiculous and out of place in this movie, it's because they weren't written for this movie. Uh, so both of these songs were intended to be played in Rocky films. That's where oh. they were supposed to go. Yeah. So they were commissioned to, 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 I mean, think about like the original Rocky soundtrack and it's super affirmating, you know, kind of songs. That's the exact style of song they were told to write. And at the last minute, they were like, we don't really want to go in this direction. So these two songs just existed in limbo with nowhere to go. Um, uh, Marvel Entertainment, who produced the movie, picked them up, put them in there. And now they are completely synonymous with Transformers. Um, That's so cool. The touch shows up in Bumblebee. Um, It also shows up in the end of Saints Row 4. Um, it nice. like accompanies you on the way to the last boss, boss battle where you, your main character and the final boss engages in the exact same dialogue as Optimus and Megatron does uh, as a ridiculously overt reference. And I think because this song has now become so attached to the 80s, it's also appeared in shows like Glow as part of training montages just to kind of huh. do pump up stuff. Um, so yeah, they get there and there's a hall in the shuttle and like a fucking moron, Starscream stood in the hall so they immediately are like, right, Decepticons. And so begins like the big proper battle. So this is where we get like a lot of our deaths. I'm not going to talk it through the whole way through. It's going to be ridiculous. But there's a lot of back and forth. I think the Autobots, the Battle of Autobot City is a pretty pump up time. It's a good sort of battle. Lots of back and forth. The animation's cool. What did you guys think of it? I think, yeah, the animation's really cool. I, 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 yeah. And like, I also think, I, and it's not necessarily animation, like you say, but I can see why everyone's so nostalgic for this Transformers and like why people still love it to this day is because even though they're quite boxy, it's really cool to look at. Like, I, I don't, I, again, I don't know if that's because it's like nostalgia and stuff, but so I, instantly I think the animation just kind of is fun and kind of different. Yeah. See, I'm real like i know i said at the beginning that the big the bit at the beginning gave me like a headache because it's so colorful and stuff but like throughout the film i can like i appreciated the aesthetic a lot more than i thought i would like i didn't actually know like the designs and like the drawings and the artwork and stuff it gives me kind of like early cyberpunk vibes like kind of That's like fair. lots of chrome and lots of just one color but it's all got loads of detail drawn into it like there's a lot of like cyberpunk artists now that draw just cyberpunk stuff but it, it looks a lot like this so you can kind of see where like that stuff now has been definitely 100 percent been influenced by transformers but i just i didn't realize like until watching this just how influential the design was like I was looking at it like, man, that's pretty, it looks pretty sick. It's a lot of chrome, but it's cool. <laughs> but yeah. And like the battles and stuff, it just, yeah, it's just really sick. I love, the thing I really love, instead of obviously it being like blood and stuff, they have like the smoke that comes out. Yeah. But like, I just think it looks cool. Like the way the smoke like comes out of that thing, it just looks so sick. The way it's like different colors and stuff, it's so cool. But yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you're totally right. There's a lot of stuff with this movie where, even when even when I was a kid and I was first watching it, 
I, it was this realization of holy shit, this has inspired a lot of stuff. Like I could I could be wrong about this, but there's a line at the end um, that is kind of iconic. Not today, Galvatron. That's definitely what inspired the Buzz Lightyear thing, right? Not today, Zerg. Probably. It's got to be. It's said in exactly <laughs> yeah. the same yeah, way. Is, yeah. Exactly the same context. So yeah, so in the Battle of Arbot City, we meet our principal characters for this. So these are all new characters. They weren't in any of the previous seasons. So there's Ultra Magnus, the leader one. Springer, the cool one. Blur, the fast one. And RC, the girl one. Um, the franchise has had... A, an iffy history when it comes to women. Um, essentially, the original plan was to just to make some of the girls Transformers. Sorry, some of the Transformers girls uh, just randomly. And then that was shut down because they were like, Hasbro were like, well, we've, we've got girl toys already. We're making a boy's toy. So they can't be girls anymore. And then eventually creatives were like, that's ridiculous. We're going to start putting girls in here. But I see was the first proper main character one. Uh, and as a result, she has Princess Leia hair and lipstick and boobs and thi <laughs> a thin waist. And it's, look, it's just a bit, it's a bit strange, you know? <laughs> Didn't look like a Transformer. Yeah. She looked like a robot woman. Whereas yes. all of the other Transformers yeah. don't look like robot guys. They look like Transformers. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about you guys. Sorry, I, go on. The platform I watched this on was Facebook of all places, right? Really? I uploaded this to Facebook, so I was just watching it on Facebook. And when it was done, I was like, oh, I'll see what other people thought of it. Let's have a look at the comments. And like, sixth top comment was a sexy drawing of RC. Uh, <sighs> no. Because of, of course it was. Do you want to so, do you want to know some horrible little factoids about RC? This is more this is more fandom stuff than it is official stuff, but it's still. I'll go into it. Okay, so IC, IC's design set a couple of bad precedents, right? So one, all other girl Transformers have to look like IC in some way, which is ridiculous. They're slowly starting to break out of that now, uh, which is the, for the betterment of not only like creators, but also the toys, because most of them look fucking awful. They can't really transform because they can't really accommodate all the car bits and all the people bits you know usually like when you look at the guys you look at optimus prime and he's got tit windows and a grill ab you know what i mean <laughs> it's it's primarily it's truck stuff you know but like with the characters like rc the the demand was that it has to look like a breast first and robot or car bits later and that set a bad precedent so um essentially there was no good official rc toys until 2015 um so the way that transformers used to operate was they had a toy line they would they licensed most of the toys from japan and then they interpreted those toy designs into character models for the movie they did character designs first and then made toys based off of that design it was the first time they kind of flipped it around so i see was this troublesome design basically where they tried and they they failed so badly to make a good toy that they cancelled the project outright um so i have got a third party ic which is pretty decent which is probably the best one on the market she doesn't look that weird there is a sort of weird bit where around the waist it looks like they've molded like you know the little v <laughs> not into that <laughs> <laughs> not necessary but they've done it um but that's far from the worst thing that has happened to an ic toy so another third party ic toy had an uh, an add-on kit where no joke you could replace her chest with human breasts 
white. That Let was squ- guess, that foam? was squidgy. Yes. Oof. Um, How many weeaboos were out there like fully <laughs> it? That that's what I worry about. The worst thing about it was was a lot of people online were quite rightly critici- like critical of this design, and there was a significant amount of people who were like, "Shut up! Let us have our horny, sexy robot toy." Grim. Yeah. You, know, you know for a fact she's got one of those mouse pads from Japan where like you rest your hand on the boobies you know for a fact she's got one of them somewhere that exists like... somewhere yeah no doubt in my mind oh my no doubt in my mind wow. so yeah Oof. It's, a, it's, it's, it's a shame she set such a, such a bad precedent however she did get women in the franchise <clears> and there has been recent efforts to try and rectify those things that is good we'll more focus on that so um, as the battle goes down Optimus Prime shows up lots of things start going down a bunch of them combine into a big robot called devastator they try and shoot a big missile out of it one of my genuine favorite lines ever happens where springer goes i got better things to do tonight than die and then fires a big rocket cool <laughs> shit big indiana jones energy i'm into it um Swapsons prime gets down and he's like all right megatron's got to be stopped they have a big punch off big back and forth it's nice there's cheesy lines there's one weird horrible animation bit we're in the middle of the well animated fight he sort of just grabs megatron's neck and it turns the entire there's like there was no weight to it whatever so they fight and the megatron's like oh shit i'm gonna i'm actually gonna die here i need to i'm starts begging for mercy but then he notices a gun and he's gonna try and trick optimus prime hot rod tries to save him but it causes him to get in the way and to add to the ridiculously huge body count both optimus prime and Megatron meet their ends as Megatron lands one final shot in him and Optimus Prime knocks him off the edge of a fucking cliff. So there's our other thing. What was your reactions to our two principal characters of the entire franchise dying 20 minutes in? Well, genuinely, like, I... See, I mean, I feel like anyone who knows of Transformers knows, like, Optimus Prime, you know what I mean? Like, even anyone mm-hmm. who just follow, I know Optimus Prime. Awesome. <laughs> He's fucking di- di- dead. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> right. Like, all right. <laughs> I just... I thought 20 I minutes know. was oh. too long in some ways. Until right. the death. All right. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, I, I didn't go in watching this thinking this is a standalone Transformers movie. Like, I wasn't expecting character introductions. I was like, it's... Yeah, you watch fair. the TV show, then you watch this. That's, that's what I was expecting. And for him to die, like, 20 minutes. This, this is only like an hour and a half, isn't it? Yeah. So you're you're a good way in by this point, and then he dies. I don't know. The pacing for me was off. I thought, That's fair. why not open on a battle of something, and then Optimus dies during that battle, like five minutes in, and then the rest is oh, how are we going to go on without him? So like, but rather instead it was it kind of faffing about of oh, go and get the crystals or whatever it is they get in, and like oh well now we're going to follow them. Oh, and now we're having the battle. It should just opened on here's a battle but i think that's fair i think that's fair yeah. it's a it, it it's kind of nice to hear that interpretation because like one of the weird things with transformers is that in 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 the time since this movie optimus prime dying is kind of a big staple of the franchise it always happens at some point in every continuity and the michael bay films they killed him off in the second film they also bring him back in the second film that's usually the way it goes they just sort of kill him bring him back and that's kind of the end of it 
But this was like obviously the first time it had ever been done and was extremely shocking to the vast majority of children who went to see this film. So it wasn't already traumatic enough that a, a good chunk of their favorite characters had died. In fact, 16 total main characters died during the Battle of Autobot oh City. Oh my God. Some of them die off screen. For example, a character called Wheeljack, who if you've been watching the show since the start, was the very first Transformer you ever saw. Wow. He just dies off screen and his corpse is there. They've basically just turned, you know, the clearance aisle. They've turned the clearance <laughs> aisle into a battle face yeah, or, or a film at this point. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, wow. Oh so then God. at the end of that, you witness Optimus Prime die in the most realistic way possible on a hospital bed surrounded by loved ones. <laughs> it's not just that he explodes. <laughs> you, watch the, you watch the man's fucking last breaths. Of which he uh, reveals that he's got this thing inside his chest, the Matrix of Leadership, which is passed down through all the Autobot leaders, and he passes it to his mate, Ultra Magnus. Drops it on the way, Hot Rod passes it to him. Now, several questions and one bit of trivia. One, this is kind of the end of the bloodthirsty part of the movie. More or less, there's a couple more coming up. Do you think it was like, like a good decision to make this movie like this? Should studios take similar risks? Like, the only thing I can compare it to is Infinity War, which ended, ended by killing a lot of its principal characters, but did so knowing they were coming back. With this, they were dead. They were dead. Do you think that would actually be like, for maybe like a long franchise, a, like a, a good and bold move for a studio to take? It depends no. how thing of a main character like, because they kind of did it with like Black Widow in Endgame. Fair. But I guess I guess it's but, not just the importance of the character, but the I, sheer number. My my comparison yeah. was going to be Star Wars. Well, the, the okay. sequels to Star Wars. So they kill Han Solo in seven. Spoilers for I guess <laughs> um, Luke in eight and Leia in nine. But then again, they sort of it was had yeah to. yeah had to. And that yeah. was basically them saying right out with the old, in in with the new. Except Chewbacca would just sort of leave him in it because he's not. One of the main characters, I guess. My guy can't age. <laughs> yeah, apparently. So that and it felt, it felt right in Star Wars to kind of do that anyway. But yeah. they were also like, you'd, you'd you'd struggle to have Han Solo running about because he's however old Harrison Ford is. But with this, the animated characters can be however old you want them to be. Yeah, true. Like they can they can do whatever, and it doesn't seem too implausible. And they're not human, so whatever you can you you make make up your own rules for it. it so. I think it can work it was just kind of strange in this but i guess their main motive was sell more toys that's yes kind of why they did it so. um so on that note um optimus prime dies because optimus prime's toy was being discontinued and they were bringing in new toys um so kids were so upset when this happened in the cinema right there's a, a number of accounts of parents having to leave with their kid in the middle of the movie because the kid like was so upset they couldn't handle it anymore. Oh my God. Um, the kids that did stay were also expressing the, their upset with, to their parents. And it led to a huge letter writing campaign essentially to Hasbro from angry parents. Like I took my kid to see your movie to have a good time. You upset my child. <laughs> 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 but it was so, it was, 
it was done to such a degree that when they printed the movie onto VHS, they actually had to alter it slightly so that during the main credits, they added a, a narration that assured kids Optimus Prime would be back in the next season. Wow. Yeah. It was it back in the next. Wait, so was that before? Or after so essentially, the next essentially, the movie, the movie, the movie came out. They're in the middle of the production of season three. I don't, for one hundred percent sure, know if the plan was always to bring Optimus Prime back. I'm going to guess not because they did not reissue his toy. Um, I think these letters actually made them. We need to put Optimus Prime back in this show, and we need to let kids know everything's going to be okay. What a lot of babies. Yeah, <laughs> Um, actual children grow up <laughs> <laughs> so yeah all the uh, all the decepticons they evacuate with their <laughs> currently dying aboard a bigger uh decepticon called astro train astro train's like yeah <laughs> i love that you know train <laughs> he's a train and train he's a spaceship <laughs> well. but it makes it makes the train this, like it's not like normal train sounds it makes like steam train sounds <laughs> Got like the yeah, he's a proper yeah. like old time locomotive. So good. Was, was it the, the like the main titles of the show? I think where they had like a montage of all the characters, and one of them was just a purple train on some train tracks. That's Astro Train. Yeah, that, yeah. I was like, he's pretty useless. He's like stuck to train tracks only. What? I mean, in this no. apparently, he well, can, he's not. Here's the he thing: can drive on anything is usually when he would become a train he would make train tracks appear for his <laughs> mobility. What? <laughs> it's kind of a, a car or something instead. It's then. kind of like Optimus Prime's trailer kind oh, of disappearing yeah. and reappearing at will. There's another, he's not in the film, but there's another, there's a big robot called Omega Supreme, whose whole deal was essentially he became like a playset. So uh, his, his, well, not in the show, the, you know, the toy, right? So what he would become, so his head would become a tank his body would become like a, a big track for that tank to tank to go around, and his like from this arm to the other arm would become a big rocket ship, right? But what happens when the rocket ship goes into space and he leaves the rest of him behind? Guess he just doesn't have to do that. No, he doesn't. <laughs> when it when when the rocket ship becomes a robot again, the whole of him's back. Everything's just there. I don't, oh right! So wait, this has happened. This, this has happened this in the happened. show. He's fucked off. A bit of him's fucked off, and then when he transforms, he's all there again. <laughs> Whoa! Is what happened to the old bit? Is it just like? Is it like shredding? Like when like bugs like shred the like shell or something? I guess so. Yeah, just his old <laughs> his old head just got just melt. Nah, that's how they oh, breed. So weird. There you go. Oh, yeah, there wow, you go. Okay, he just grows back out of his head again like He's another just like, one. Whoop, 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 and it's just like a child. <laughs> this, this reminds me of, I remember um, I, when I was a kid, there was a, there was a season of Power Rangers called Power Rangers Ninja Storm. And one of the gimmicks in that show is that the Zords would hide among... Uh, real life things so there was a falcon zord but he would h hide as a plane but it was like a commercial airliner and when you would see it transform it would be like at a fucking airport so i don't know what the people on you know the 945 trip to chile were thinking when it fucking transformed into a big plane but the best one the best one is a lion that hides as a roller coaster 
<laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what do you do in that situation? You know, you've been you've been queued up for forty five minutes to get on this ride, and then it becomes a lion and fucks off. What do you do? <laughs> I'd rethink my medication. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, Astro Train asked them to jettison some weight, so they're like, let's get rid of all the currently dying, uh, including Megatron. Starscream personally yeets him off into space, and he encounters <laughs> Unicron. So, this is the first time we hear Unicron's voice. Unicron is being played by Orson Welles. Is that Citizen Kane himself? There were several names that like, came up at the start that I recognised. Oh, Judd Nelson, what? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's some all-star some all-star voices in this. So Judd Nelson is Hot Rod. Uh, Orson Welles is playing Unicron. This is Orson Welles' last cinematic role, by the way, before he died. Whoa. You start with Citizen Kane, you end with Transformers. You know, it's the <laughs> way we all <laughs> we're all gonna go. Um uh, Leonard Nimoy is playing yeah. the soon-to-be-appearing Galvatron. Uh, Eric Idle plays a character called Rekgar. Yeah, there is a ridiculous number of all-star names in this. Um, and a lot of the, the normal voice cast would play other roles. I've said a couple times during this show that Peter Cullen, who plays Optimus Prime, has shown up a couple times, as has Frank Welker, who plays Megatron. Uh, Frank Welker, uh, his most famous role other than Megatron is probably Fred from Scooby-Doo. Um, Peter Cullen's his is probably Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. Um, so that's good stuff. Um, they both play a couple of characters actually at the same time in this. So at the start, when Ironhide is saying, but Prime, I want to go down and bust some Deceptor Chaps. Uh, that's Peter Cullen speaking to himself. He plays both those characters. I, they do sound kind of similar from time to time. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so yeah, basically Megatron encounters Unicron. They have a good, nice little sass off. I really, I really like Unicron's energy and essentially he's like, right, I need you to destroy the matrix. Cause it's the only thing that can stop me because reasons. And if you do, I'll give you a new body. And there's all these grids form in space. It's cool. And Megatron so becomes 80s, Galvatron. Like, so, really so, is, 80s. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, that's that. And that more or less, Oh no, actually there's one, there's, there's two, there's two really big things that still have to happen in what I refer to as act one. So after Galvatron has got his body and is, is, is alive, uh, he races over to Cybertron where Starscream is currently being coronated leader of the Decepticons. His goal since episode one of the show is to become leader of the Decepticons and he's finally achieved it. And he receives this honor for no longer than 33 seconds. Before Galvatron comes in and literally disintegrates the guy. That was the most satisfying <laughs> part of the whole film, I'll be honest. It's good, isn't it? All the lights flicker, he fucking crumbles into dust. Starscream is one of my favorite characters in the whole franchise because he is notably an idiot continuously. And I cannot think of a more fitting end than for him to get a fucking cape and a robe and a crown and then finally die. Great stuff. <laughs> um, and meanwhile, Unicron goes on the attack and eats two of Cybertron's moons. So on one of them, there's two main characters, Jazz and Cliffjumper, they get swallowed. And on the other one, Bumblebee and Spike see that happen and they're like, whoa, no, I don't want any business part of that. Let's destroy this entire fucking moon and that'll get rid of the monster. So they blow it up. It isn't even dented. And Spike says the first swear in all of Transformers. I noticed this. I was like, what, uh, did I mishear that? <laughs> What a guy. Shit, it isn't even done it. What a guy. So, um, so ends act one, which I call death comes to us all. 
uh, a, a harsh and real, real lesson. And so begins act two, which I call, I don't know, let's do a weird adventure movie. We've kind of run out of ideas already. Or Hot Rod's Big Day Out. That's also what I call it. <laughs> so <laughs> Galvatron's like, right, I've got to go and get Ultra Magnus, I guess, and destroy the Matrix. So they, they show up, they have a fight. Galvatron literally shakes his fist out of the window. Like it's yelling at some angry kids. <laughs> They've got to quickly escape. They split up into two teams, Ultra Magnus, Perceptor, IC, and Daniel, and on the other one, Hot Rod, Cup, and the Dinobots. I've not mentioned the Dinobots so far. What did you guys think of the Dinobots? Like, Are they like a separate thing that they've brought together? Like, or were they always just in Transformers? They were more or less always in Transformers sure. from the fourth episode, something like this. That's mad, just because I'm sure I remember having like, it being like its own thing, like years and years ago when I was younger, but maybe it wasn't it or something. I don't know, there was like a spin-off or something. But I don't know, it's so weird. I thought that maybe it was like two different things that they brought together at some point, like in the show. Like a crossover. Mad. Yeah. Nah. Oh, just even that, like, oh man. That's pretty sick. I but think in particular, what did you think of the way that they spoke? The way they were kind so of... Um... annoying. <laughs> oh. Like, it wasn't like they were just dinosaurs. If they'd stayed as dinosaurs, well, oh, yeah, okay. But no, they're just Transformers that can transform into dinosaurs and then... <laughs> yes. Why? Okay. Does this mean that there's, like, Transformers somewhere that transform into, like, everything else? Like, other, like, animals and... Yes. Oh, man, so, plants. Is there well, a Transformer that turns into a tree? Uh, there may be off the top of my head I can't think of one so the, the direct sequel to the original show and the follow up toy line which debuted in the mid 90s was called Transformers Beast Wars where the whole concept <laughs> oh was that God. they transformed into animals um, it was my first introduction to the show and to be honest with you it fucking rocks it's dumb as bricks it's one of if not the first fully 3D animated show ever and it does not hold up visually uh, but <laughs> my god I love it I've got so much nostalgia for it and yeah they would literally it wouldn't be a robotic like rhino or gorilla they would just be a rhino or a gorilla that kind of thing yeah. what realistic looking as realistic well, as you get for yeah, 3D animation say, yeah. in, the, in the that's 90s. so weird though in the universe, they're supposed to be like flesh it grows blood, flesh like, yeah <laughs> yes oh my god that's actually that's horror movie shit oh my god isn't it right so no here's here's an interesting thing so so for example one of the things so that the, the prospect of that show was that they were the descendants of the Autobots and the Decepticons. They were totally new characters. One of them was still called Megatron, but he was like a terrorist who just idolized Megatron's ideology and decided to steal his name. That sort of thing, right? This, the Beast Wars' version of Megatron became a T-Rex, much like Grimlock does. Uh, on one of his arms, he had like his tail going up it, which had like a, like a sort of sharp edge to use it as a sword. And his other arm was literally a T-Rex head. Um, right now, <laughs> now the reason I bring this up is there is currently an extremely strong rumor that one of the next Transformers movies is going to be a Beast Wars movie and I can't think of the fucking H.R. Geiger looking motherfuckers that are going to have to be in this movie to get a realistic dinosaur head dangling off of the end of someone's arm Wait, so... It presents a nightmare, really, man. <laughs> like, that new... that Not the Bumblebee, the one before it, the one with Anthony Hopkins in. Mm-hmm. Is that... There's flashbacks, isn't there? Yes. To, like, the past or something. 
Is it the dino? I'm sure I remember seeing dinosaurs in that film. Is that the dino? There is. The Dinobots are in the fourth and fifth movie, but they are distinctly these metal creatures. The thing with the Dinobots and Michael Bay is Michael Bay fucking hates the Dinobots. Um, one of the main reasons yeah. is because the only way that he can understand Transformers, he, he went on record as saying, I don't get it, I'm not into it, when he first picked up the project. The, the, the thing that got him to convince him to do Transformers was that they were, could become sports cars and military vehicles. That's what he understands. Wow. So when he watched the show and discovered the Dinobots, he was like they become dinosaurs that's stupid like he d- didn't comprehend you know so he made them as cool as physically possible um quote unquote um but um i want to see if i can flick through it at the moment I, I don't know why i can't really show you but for reference for me I'll, I'll 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 flick through it i've got a big art book from transformers it categorizes a lot of different stuff from the franchise and the last night in particular was a bit of a production nightmare Let's just, let's just call it that. Um, uh, it's got a ridiculous number of writers. I'm pretty sure Michael Bay at one point said there was a writer's room of about 16 people. And it was very clear Jesus. that they were told, come up with anything. <laughs> um, so in this art book is a couple of rejected things. Apparently at one point, one of the Beast Wars characters, who is called Optimus Primal, was supposed to appear. Oh, no. Who good. becomes a gorilla. Uh, but they were going to make him like a King Kong-sized gorilla, and he looked kind of cool. Um, they were they did the flashback stuff where they you know Bumblebee fought the Nazis and he became a like an armored car and stuff. But one of the things that I find fascinating is artwork of where is it? Da, 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 there it is. So it is artwork of a transformer that became the HMS Victory, which was a galleon in the uh, <laughs> 1800s. <laughs> and yes he oh my God. is made of wood um and he's got an anchor for a hand oh my god because <laughs> he talk like a pirate too well he didn't make it in the movie but i would hope so <laughs> oh i imagine god. he would talk like a pirate yeah uh so if someone could get me a toy of that at some point that would be wonderful uh so yeah uh, i don't know how they're going to do beast wars it's going to be a strange thing but that is something they want to do I have morbid curiosity wanted to happen. Uh, but yeah, so the thing with the Dinobots was in the original, the, when they first showed up, the reason they are the way they are, and there's been multiple interpretations of this later, they did not come from Cybertron, but they were instead built by the two Autobot scientists, Ratchet and Wheeljack, after they watched, like, I guess, dinosaur documentaries or something, or maybe they watched Jurassic Park, I don't know. And they were like, wouldn't it be cool if we had some dinosaurs? So they had to uncover fossils and stuff, and they turned out stupid because dinosaurs didn't have very big brains. Not that. Um, Later continuities have attempted to make it a bit more interesting were the Dinobots were Cybertronians who just kind of existed because they wanted to move away from the whole we can build Transformers thing. It doesn't, it doesn't sit right. Uh, so instead, they were just like normal, uh, normal Transformers. And then uh, Shockwave, who appears in this, he's the purple Transformer with the huge titties. Uh, he is a scientist and he like, observes prehistoric Earth and is like, basically the same thing. I wonder if we can have some of them. So he kidnaps the Dinobots and like forces them into those alt modes. But that forced kind of torture leaves them brain dead, which is distinctly darker. Um, so scary. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> 
So they were kind of they were kind of a big threat in the first like two seasons. Um, in the original comics, uh, the writer fucking loved the Dinobots. Made Grimlock like su- he didn't have him be stupid, but he had him be really ferocious. And at one point, he was like, "Optimus Prime, you're a weak leader." So he killed Optimus Prime and put on a crown and called himself King Grimlock and was like an evil dictator. Weird stuff. Oh In this... I genuinely thought you were going to say then that he killed Optimus Prime and put on his head. <laughs> and just put on oh, his head as a crown. Yeah. <laughs> just like screwed his own head off and just screwed Optimus Prime's head on. That. that is also very dark. In this, however, Grimlock is basically just Lenny from Of Mice and Men. Uh, complete with a tell me about the rabbits again uh, speech at one point. So, yeah, uh, they, they get on two ships and they're trying to escape from the, the Decepticons. And this is where we split off into like two plots that run concurrently. I'm not going to bounce between the two. I'm just going to run through one, then run through the other. So Team Hot Rod end up on the planet of the Sharktacons. Um, <laughs> and given some of the silly things that we've sighed at so far, right? There's all these Sharktacons that come to greet them. And Cup's like, um, wait, I'll give them the universal greeting. And Hot Rod says, universal greeting? Which the question should maybe give Cup the indication that this, this greeting isn't as universal as the name makes it out to be. This kid doesn't know what it is. So he goes, yeah, it works every time. Bar weep grana weep ninny bong. Which is a line that literally feels like they got a toddler in the room <laughs> and said, make a noise, any noise, that'll be our universal greeting. <laughs> I thought it might be something backwards. But I don't think it is. I think it's just nonsense. No one's ever mentioned it as an idea. I think it's just nonsense. So they hand out Energon goodies, which, like I said, Energon's everything. And when they run out, the shotguns are like, right, fuck this, mate. You don't have any more food useless to us. Off to jail, I guess. <laughs> so <laughs> they, get taken, they get taken to this, um, this jail. Uh, and there's this creature in there called a Quintesson who has many heads. The Quintessons are a big thing. The more we learn about them, the less interesting they get. So I'm not really going to divulge. Right now, they're just a weird thing with many heads and tentacles. And the whole prospect is you walk out in front of it and you're put on trial. And then you get they find you they find you innocent, but they make you leave through the pit of Sharktacons. What got them, lads? It's like, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We've got, they've got more shotguns than we've got photon char- torpedoes. Then let's hold a demolition derby. Fucking love the lines in this movie. Rock music starts kicking off again and they drive around so fast that they create a whirlpool. <laughs> um, <laughs> meanwhile, the Dinobots meet a little orange boy who only speaks in rhyme. <laughs> oh, it's oh, voice. Uh, yeah, we, so Wheelie is um, not everyone's favorite Transformer. A lot of people have the same issue as you. Here's a little factoid. He's also voiced by Frank Welker, who voiced Megatron. So there we go. Man's got range. <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to say, complete opposite characters there. Jesus Christ. So they, they rock up and help Cup and Hot Rod defeat the last of the Sharktacons. And they're like, look, we've got a ship. It's shaped like a corkscrew. And then off they go. Meanwhile, Team Ultra Magnus have found themselves on the planet of junk, which I actually quite like as an idea as a sci-fi concept that all the rubbish in space just gets like dumped here. That's kind of cool. It's got a cool design. Um, and Galvatron follows them there and he blows up Ultra Magnus. Oh, uh-oh, what are we going to do? And then Eric Idle and the Junkions, they start attacking our heroes for reasons... And Weird Al's Dare to be Stupid starts playing. Um, to call this I mean, to section fair, of the like, film tonally dissonant, it's odd. 
Like, like out of all the songs that are in this, Weird Al is not the one that surprised me the most. <laughs> like, it, it, it doesn't fit within the... You know, it doesn't really fit in, but, like, it fits in more than the others do. Yeah. If anyone's going to do a song for this, he's the guy, you know what I mean? Dare to be Stupid actually kind of accidentally sets the tone for the, like, weird main thesis of the film, which I think is entirely accidental, but all the pieces seem to start working. So basically, they all have a big fight, and then uh, Cup and Hot Rod's ship starts descending. They stop fighting to watch it land. And uh, Cup is going to shoot Retgar and the Junkions, but then Hot Rod's like, no, wait, tell me that greeting that I thought was dumb. I'll try it. And they try it, and it works. And they, they love it. They all start dancing. They end there to be stupid. Oh, they also all talk TV. Do you talk TV? Were you into this? Could you fucking tell what any of them were saying most of the time? I hated it. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's totally fair. <laughs> There's a couple of lines that I can tell Eric Idle is saying that I do like. Like when he raises a junkyard ship out and says, new import, new improved junkyard planet, new sleek, sexy import with turbo handling. I was into stuff like that. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> um, so yeah, he says it and they like it. And it's like, well, okay, that's an interesting idea because we've got this like death, this machine of death that's coming. It's this constant approaching force since Unicron entered the plot. All of our main characters have been dying. It's dark and it's bleak and there's no hope. But like, here's Hot Rod daring to be stupid. <laughs> like presenting this like counter narrative of like what if we just have fun while we're here and it starts working like good things start happening it's weird so um yeah they get in it and they all go to fight unicron uh which is the start of act three which is holy shit this movie got cool again so galvatron's like right mate i got the matrix and that's the one thing you fear so i'm gonna use it on you but he can't and unicron starts transforming and it's the coolest fucking thing 10 year old me had ever seen like yeah. I mean to be fair like it's pretty it's pretty sick the way it all sort of moves the way there's just pistons everywhere the rad bit where Unicron's abs show up I don't know <laughs> I was into it um, yeah. so he transforms and there's a weird bit where Galvatron's like on his dick bit like on the groin bit but then he sort of teleports to the chin bit and he starts shooting at Unicron and Unicron's like, gonna eat you, mate. Well, fuck off. Drops him into his mouth, right? And then uh, our heroes show up and we have another line that I really fucking love from Retgar. Uh, Fly through f rain, fire and corrosion for up to five years. Satisfaction guaranteed. Or your money back. <laughs> when it works, it works. When it doesn't, it massively fucking doesn't. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, Hot Rod dares to believe he can survive and crashes his ship right through Unicron's fucking eye. Everyone bails out of the ship and the teams basically get split up. So I'm guessing what is Unicron's like, like immune system starts attacking them. All these weird claws start coming out of nowhere and chasing them. And Hot, well, uh, Hot Rod descends into this pit where he meets up with Galvatron and they start sort of duking it out. Um, the uh, So basically... As the other team are running away, they encounter what I guess is Unicron's digestive system, which has these acid pots that for some reason have covers. I don't know why, but it does result in my actual, like, totally favorite fucking frame in the film because Daniel's dad is about to be dropped into the acid. 
And he's like, quickly, close the acid cover. And he's like, I don't know how, Dad. And he's like, you've got a blaster on your exosuit, use it. And he fumbles about. And instead of getting the blaster out, he just shoots like fire out the back of his arm. <laughs> and it cuts to Spike's face and he goes, hurry! And he's filled with so much fear. It's like a really genuine, like, holy shit, my idiot son is going to be the reason I die. Oh my God, I'm going to kill this boy. <laughs> so good. He blasts down the acid cover and then uh, Spike's like, you did it, son. You get to live another day. And <laughs> Daniel, I think, recognizing the tension goes, yeah, I did it. Like it's such a defeatist <laughs> kind of way he speaks. Um, so yeah, Galvatron and Hot Rod are duking it out. There's some cool stuff where Hot Rod transforms into a car and runs him over. But it, there's this weird bit where Galvatron starts choking Hot Rod which brings up so many questions. <laughs> like, to, the, to, to this day, this question's never been answered. It shouldn't be answered. I'm not interested in the fucking respiratory systems of the Transformers, but like, <laughs> why is he choking different? him? Uh, like, if he does that, shouldn't his, like, throat just be permanently, like... Like, crushed? crushed. Yeah, you'd think. <laughs> they can breathe it in just space. sponges back. And underwater, but not when someone... <laughs> so as he's as he's getting choked galvatron's matrix starts dangling in front of hot rod he puts his hands on it and it like activates and then he grows into a rodimus prime oh dear mm. <laughs> like you created the character you could have called him anything you called him yeah. rodimus prime <laughs> It's just laughable. He grows about six inches and gets a slightly more manly voice. But here's the weird thing, right? He was a cool fucking sports car and now he's a fucking Winnebago. <laughs> Sounds like he just what went a, through a puberty. Grew an, like an extra six in inches, got a more manly voice and it's something called Rodimus Prime. Like, oh, man. Well, that's what it is, this movie. It's all just a metaphor for, for puberty. Yeah, so... Hot Rod believes and this belief and this ability to dare and everything allows him to open the power of the matrix and destroy Unicron. Unicron who dies in the most violent way possible where all of his insides start exploding and it's so painful he rips his own leg off just to try and alleviate some of it, which is insane. They all kind of escape, I think outside of his other eyeball, rip him and his eyesight and then his head explodes <laughs> yeah. off. But they don't go through the same one. That's, that's just <laughs> it's just adding insult to injury, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah. Um, like they, they have the choice. It's like, oh, let's go through that hole. It's like, nah, fuck that, man. Let's just go through his other eye. Bitch is dying anyway. Let's just fucking do it. Uh, so yeah, he blows up and Rodimus announces a new age of peace and prosperity that will soon come to an end in the Transformers season three. And that <laughs> is Transformers the movie. So one last little thing I want to talk about before we do our own thoughts is critical reception to the film, which was beyond poor. Um, critics hated this movie. Uh, it's kind of of no surprise. Like they were all adults who were asked to go and see this movie specifically targeted at kids, specifically to sell them toys. Um, there is a lot of film stuff that really doesn't work in this movie. Two of the big things are a, the writing there kind of isn't really that much right. It's mostly one-liners. Like there's no interesting yeah. dialogue, you know, it's all just like, and as a result, all the one-liners have stayed in my brain, but it's not good writing. And the pacing is insane. Like it starts really fast all the way through to the end of the Battle of Autobot City. You get like one minor moment to mourn 
And then it just fucking goes again at a million miles an hour and never slows down. And I know from experience of trying to introduce this movie to people in the past that like around halfway through, usually when Galvatron attacks Autobot City uh, again, they just want to stop watching. Um, like, did you guys feel a similar kind of um, fatigue there? Yes. yes. Yeah. I was so relieved that I, it was over. I was like, oh, it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can breathe again. It was exhausting to watch. Yeah. It, yeah. It totally is. Um, so there's a lot of stuff talking about things like that. There is, however, one take that I want to specifically read out because the first time I read it, um, I immediately kind of recognize it. it's like, I get you didn't like the film, but I think this is the wrong angle to criticize it. So it's specifically being critical of Unicron and I want to sort of dispute it. So the, it's from the LA Times. Um, the great animated villains like the Wicked Queen and Disney Snow White had motivations as compelling as any live action character. Unicron apparently destroys entire worlds because it has nothing else better to do. Um, which is a diagnosis, sure, but I think the wrong take. Because yeah. I think Unicron, much like his very obvious uh, inspiration, Galactus, is more of like a Lovecraftian creature. It's this literal cosmic horror that exists yeah. out in deep space. And it's so big, it eats entire planets and it's hungry all the time. I think that's good. Mm. You know? Yeah. Yeah, like it's... I didn't like question its motives at any point. I, just, I was just like, it's a big planet, it's evil, it's wants a to threat. eat things. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Right. It doesn't need to scheme. It doesn't need to plan. It doesn't have to have an ambition. It just wants to eat and you happen to be food. Mm. I think that's kind of brilliant. Yeah. Honestly. It's like, how many thingies? Like literally, like fucking lions and shit in nature there don't go and eat some gazelle because it killed its wife or something. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just doing it because it's hungry. <laughs> It's not, it doesn't yeah. have to have a mad motivation. Like, it's not like a Thanos or something, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I think trying to dissect films in the way that this LA Times, Times reviewer has tried to, and I see happen a lot regarding discourse online, is a really reductive way to talk about films. And it often results in these weird, like, oh, well, this doesn't make any sense because ah, I didn't. And, and in actual fact, in going into season three, we learnt more about the origins of Unicron. And the more we learnt about him, the less cool he gets, honestly. Um, it's, it's better to just keep some of these things as some creature that's out there, and that's cool. So, with that being said, what we're going to do now is go around in a circle and give any final thoughts we have on the movie, and each individual give it a score out of 10, and then see where it ranks in a list of the best of worst movies of all time. Amelia, kick us off. Cool, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, don't, I kind of feel how I felt on Space Jam with this one where because it's not necessarily something I've grown up with and for some reason like even my brother was never massively into Transformers like he had the toys but he was into other things so like yeah. Transformers hasn't really been like a huge thing in my life whereas I can totally understand like why people like it the aesthetic's cool it's such like a nostalgic thing and like so I get it but for me personally I'm just like yeah it was cool but it just didn't it wasn't necessarily my thing um like you say, looking at it from a film point of view, the animation's quite cool, and like there's a lot of effort that's obviously gone into that. So I can't really knock, like, go too far down because like it's a big project to make. Um, but just from a personal point of view, I think I'd probably have to give this movie about a five halfway. That's fair, Jacob. 
I mean, yeah, I've already expressed how exhausting this was to watch. <laughs> it was, yeah. It was a lot. I, I want to like Transformers so badly. I feel <laughs> like it would be something that's just, oh, it's just, just, just cool. Stuff that transforms into other stuff. That's yeah. Genius. I mean, you've, you've seen Bumblebee, haven't you? I have. Bumblebee is good. It's a much better experience than this, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Like, Bumblebee represents for me what I've always seen in the good parts of Transformers that I want to see being the main thing that Transformers does. Yeah. So yeah, I totally get it. Yeah. Um, I mean, kind of the point of Transformers is they're robots in disguise. That's not what this movie was no. at all. Really, they just transform. <laughs> like, can they drive faster than they can run? Can Do they run faster than they drive? Why do they... I mean, they transform on Cybertron. I think it is just like an e ease of transport. Oh God, there's that bit. Sorry, I've just remembered it. Go on. When Galvatron goes to attack Autobot City, there's a bit where one of his henchmen, Scourge, goes, want me to gut Ultra Magnus? And he's like a plain boat thing. But his head, his little head pops out of the back of it as he's saying it. And it's fucking hilarious. Just as a visual. I can't get it out of my head. And he's got a beard. Why has he got a beard? Sorry. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, uh, but yeah, I feel like a lot of the transforming was quite inconsistent. Like, do some of them transform into one thing? Some of them transform into two, but only kind of when they need to. They can change size drastically. Megatron is the same size as, like, some of his, like, Starscream and Soundwave, but when he transforms into a gun, he's a little pistol in their hand that they can <laughs> yeah. hold with one he, hand. He can also, in the show, he sometimes transforms into a gun that humans can hold. Like, he can get even smaller. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, just, just, I know you, like, pop-up tents are a thing where they <laughs> drastically get suddenly bigger. But, but uh, yeah, I was, it was just, it was quite off-putting, I guess. And also, when Thingy's in, in that suit and he's like, oh, if you believe hard enough, you can do anything. Like, transform. And he just becomes a little car. And he's just driving. I don't know. It, a lot of it, it was... I don't feel any nostalgia for it. I want, yeah. I want to like Transformers don't think this is thing that Transformers is good. When I first missed the film, I wanted to say I would much rather watch the Michael Bay ones over this. I don't think that's quite <laughs> true. Maybe the first one. I think that's the best Michael Bay Transformers film. I'll give you that, yeah. Maybe I'd want to prefer to watch that one, but I think I'm going to give this... Ugh, it's not going to be nice. Uh, three. Fair. Joe? I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm currently saying similar stuff. Like, I'm not. Like, I, I had Transformers when I was younger. I feel like everyone had Transformers when they were younger. Like, whether you liked it or not, everyone had a Transformer. Everyone I know had a Transformer. But I didn't know many people who were into it. I knew some people who were really into it. But, I mean, I wasn't really into it. I was saying to someone the other day that I... My, my nan used to think I was into it. So she you used told to buy me, me Transformers. Yeah. She used to buy me Transformers. And what I used to do, I didn't play Transformers with them. She'd buy me like, the ones that turn into like jets and cars and stuff. And I would transform them into the vehicle. And what I would do is, I would take my action men. I was playing action man with my action men and whatever. But then my action men would be like, Oh, we gotta escape, or the enemy's escaping, da da da. They have them like walk over to a vehicle which I'm picturing in my head. And then once they got into the vehicle, I've then switched to the Transformers. 
and like all the way my bad guys getting away in the jet let's chase him in this jeep and i'd be like flying with the the trans the, the jet and the jeep and that's how i would use my transformers mostly um as like cars for my action scenes in my head when i was playing action man um but and this this actually is the first ever transformers film i've ever watched holy shit this is the first transformers anything that I've watched. I mean, I mean, with the exception the of Bumblebee, which is pleasant, it's only downhill from here, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oof. Oof. So I've so I've heard. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, literally the only time I've ever like sat down and like focused on a Transformers thing for the whole duration of it. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, the story's not great. Uh, I have no nostalgia for it. But you know, I appreciate the art style, like I said before. I can see where it's influenced modern art like today and so for that reason I'm gonna give it give it I don't know. I was gonna give it a I'll give it a four, maybe. Yeah, I'll give it a four. Just okay. because of the art style and also that really cool sound they make when need be go when they go you know, to stop that as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that like thingy sound. Plus Star Wars sound effects that are in it as well. So there you go, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah I, th I think to be honest with you you've all been very generous um, yeah as someone who does have the nostalgia for it to kind of counter your story Joe um, I was so massively into Transformers that when I was playing with my toys I would get toys of regular cars and flip them upright and now they were Transformers yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nice. um, yeah I loved this um this is one of the few movies that i watch several times a year um i don't really have like holiday movies I, i'm not big enough into christmas movies this movie usually goes on at christmas because we work in retail and i get really upset and i need something to give me serotonin and that's this movie <laughs> um, <laughs> what a vibe <laughs> but it is a hundred percent nostalgia like to look at this film as from a critical standpoint um it does not hold up the take about like unicron being oncoming death and the matrix and hot rod representing youthfulness and life and hope and daring to be stupid is tenuous at best it kind of works but i do not believe it to be the intent of the creators you know the intent of the creators was we have to sell new toys so let's have them do cool things let's kill and we, a bunch <laughs> and we have to make sure kids don't want the old toys so let's get rid of them it's cynically motivated to its very very like every single tier no one cared about this as a creative product except maybe the animators who clearly like most of the time put a lot of effort in there's some weird animation errors in this like from like a technical standpoint there's some times where the animation errors are like for example, when Optimus Prime dies, there's two that stand out to me every time. One where he's passing over the Matrix and there's a second Matrix in his chest. Like it's just part of the animation model and it, it doesn't leave him. Wow. And then when Ultra Magnus is putting it in his chest, it's a bit where his chest opens up and then the Matrix sort of jump cuts to being in his chest yeah, and did. then he pulls it out of his chest and then he puts it back in. And during like a really pivotal scene, they those animation errors should not be showing up mm. you know this wasn't yeah. a universal thing across the uh, like the 80s with animated movies there was plenty of really stellar uh, animated movies that are coming out across the time that do not have those things animation errors show up in the cartoon a lot in the in the tv show because the tv show was made for 25 cents and a pack of chewing gum 
but this had a budget and it's not really like as acceptable um the voice cast is insane i don't know what trick what ploy they used to get this many people in this fucking movie it's kind of amazing that's where the budget went (laughs) (laughs) unsurprisingly judd nelson and leonard nimoy did not reprise their roles for the tv show um frank welker ended up uh, coming back to play galvatron instead of megatron gave him a slightly different voice i'm not sure off the top of my head who ended up playing hot rod sorry to whoever that was but it yeah. was someone else um but that being said the voice talent that was there was really giving it their all i can't think of anyone that really turned into in a bad performance there's annoying characters but there's no real bad performances orson wells in particular who i've got no idea what was going through his head when he was reading those lines still knocks it out of the park um no. yeah this movie sits in a weird place because um from a film standpoint it sucks and it deserved to have been reviewed badly but when i was 10 it was the exact thing I wanted, needed, and it's the reason the shelf behind me looks the exact way it does. <laughs> uh, so purely to give Bumblebee space to breathe, I'm going to give it a nine. <laughs> uh, my nostalgia is so strong that it would have gotten a 10, but I want to admit that there's, there's better Transformers films out there, and that would be that. But I mean, as far as films go, Bumblebee still isn't even a 10. Like, it's just kind of like the bar was so low you know what i mean it just had to get over it and that's all it did it doesn't do a triple backflip while it gets over it it just goes over it like that's it um but i'm still giving this a nine because i love it so that gives us an overall score of 52.5 out of a hundred which places it oh shit no we've got to actually ask one question okay so uh, fairly certain i know where this is gonna go amelia do you prefer transformers the movie or free fire ben wheatley's free fire i apologize to transformers for free fire i'll keep it quick jacob yeah free fire also real quick this movie is called like the transformers the movie it's called the transformers the movie yes that threw me off but yeah no i'm not giving it to the transformers the movie i prefer free fire joe Uh, i'm gonna pick transformers yeah that's for obvious which one i would have picked but like in all honesty yeah free fire is a much better made film uh would recommend if you've not seen it so that places it at number 39 on the list of the best worst movies of all time which brings us to the most important part of the show that's finding out what we're going to be watching next time amelia let us know hello yes yeah, so I didn't really know what to pick with this. I was like, do I go for something I really like? Do I go for something kind of relevant to, like, what season we're in? But, like, this is the last one. And so I kind of thought, I this is kind of... I want to say it's going to be a 180 in, like, tone and everything, because this is obviously a kid's film. But this is a pretty brutal kid's film in part, so maybe it's not going to be much different. Um, I only watched this film for the first time earlier this year, and I really liked it. And so I thought we'd have a, a chinwag about it. We're going to be watching Fargo. Ooh. Good film. It's okay. really good. Yeah. Really I, I good went film. into it thinking it was going to be like really boring, but we finished it and we were like, holy shit, that was really good. Yeah. It's crazy. But, oh my God. I've only really... just realized. Yeah. Because you were saying a, a complete 180 because it's a kid's film. Which movie's Fargo? What am I? I think I'm thinking Fargo's of something else. Francis McDormand. 
and it's the one that's Rango Coen Brothers, the, the, like the, the comedian. Yeah, that's the Johnny the, Depp one. Yeah, that's yeah. the Johnny Depp one. Where he plays like a lizard or something. I'm Fargo's the one it. where it's like all it's set. The, in, it's like, got a TV show, but I'm on about the, the film came first, and then yeah, they did a TV show. I was gonna say, it's Far- Fargo's a kids movie. No, 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 no. I mean, like Transformers oh, is a kids movie, and it's pretty brutal. But like, this say. is like. <laughs> no, yeah. So. Didn't think Coen Brothers did. Well, Bill Murray thinks Coen Brothers do, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, holy shit! Cool. Well, that makes sense. I was co- I'm very confused. I was thinking of Rango, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's weird enough as it is. So. Um, so yeah, cool. Thanks very much for joining us on this episode on the Transformers the movie. Rolls off the tongue. Let us know what you think of this movie and the episode in the comments down below if you've been watching us on youtube consider hitting the like button and the subscribe button if you've been listening to us on your favorite podcasting apps you can also hit the follow button the subscribe button whatever it happens to be and if you want to find us on each respective platform you can search for the outtakes movie podcast we'll come right up you can also follow us on twitter and instagram by searching for the at the real outtakes and you can send us an email if you like at uh the outtakes movie pod at gmail.com the got there in the end that's the one thanks very much for watching and we'll see you next time bye, bye.